Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Your private parts are different now, aren't they? I don't want to talk about it because it's, it's, it's really personal. Don't you feel funny with the wrong genitalia? When Not as a joke, you stand up in the women's bathroom. You've got breast implants. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, they're tasteful, whatever, whatever's going on there. Thank you. So if I saw you undressed, you would look like a woman to me, totally. Yes? Police in Dallas are investigating a possible link between the murder of a transgender woman last weekend. A night out turned into a nightmare for 23-year-old Amber Nicole. The attack happened outside the tavern in Lodo in the early morning hours of April 28th. 2018 is expected to be the worst year for deadly attacks against transgender Americans. In fact, Jacksonville seen four on transgender women, three of them deadly since February. I think it's important, again, to elevate the lived experiences of trans people and not talk, sort of talk in theory. It's not the case. Let me ask you a question. I'm Should Laverne use a men's room? So, see, again, I, you have I just you want to tongue tied no, about what, what these the questions. Should Mara use a men's room? Travis knows that if Laverne and I came into the men's room with him, he would be entirely freaked out. Laverne and I cannot use the men's room, should not use the men's room. And, by the way, if we want to go back to how it's been for decades, we will leave this stuff alone and allow people to just be adults about it. Da -da -da -da. Da -da -da Welcome to a new episode of The Awakened Soul. For any first-time listeners, um, I'm your host, CEO Hayes. This is a little going to be a little bit different than our regular episode, so um, if you're a new listener, make sure you check out some of the older episodes to get more of a vibe, kind of, what this podcast is week to week. Uh, typically, we have a lot of segments. We're a very segmented show. Uh, this week, it's actually going to be no segments, no In the Mind of Hay segment, um, no petty news from Scoop Grady. This uh, is just a great conversation um, talking about uh, transgender equalities, transgender rights. Um, but as me being a cisgendered black man, I, of course, can only add so much depth. And, you know, this is a topic that I'm also learning about myself that I'm educating myself about. So you have, uh, it's, it's really going to be one of those 
times on this podcast where you hear me learning as much as presenting uh, new information for you guys to learn too as well. We have a very special guest. Her name is Sahara, who is a transgender black woman uh, who transitioned seven years ago. So we get to talk through that process, through transgendered rights, um, some of the common misconceptions, some of the stuff that uh, that we can just learn from this is just a really great conversation. So with all that being said, we're going to let AJ take this one away. And right after you hear that, it's going to be me and Sahara talking about a topic that I think we all need to learn more about. And that is truly supporting the LBGTQ community. Um, so, yeah, AJ, take this one away. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Ladies and gentlemen, so we have a very special conversation with a very special guest. Uh, conversation I've been looking, uh, well, looking forward to doing for quite a while. So, you know, I have to find the perfect guest, someone who's open and ready to have a conversation. Because you know, I'll pull it out of people. I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the to the listeners. To the listeners, what's up, y'all? Um, I'm Sahara. I am currently in the state of Ohio. <laughs> BA born and raised Stumbler country at heart well that's fair mm-hmm. enough I you know I want it's funny because we wandered up like moving to Ohio like what was like a month apart from each other it wasn't that it wasn't that far apart that's weird no because I've been up here for I've been up here for two years this month so I moved up here July 2017 you see and I moved May 2017 so yeah that's funny yeah because we still we met when I was still in Virginia yeah yeah mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. crazy how that works right Right, because if my memory is correct, I think I was in Ohio in May for my sister's birthday, and somehow I don't remember how we just crossed paths somehow. Yeah, it's funny how that stuff works. I'm always around, always around. Um, but Sahara, so this is a a special conversation. I think this is one that is going to hopefully break down a lot of walls and a lot of people's thinking and misconceptions. Um. So first, before we get into that, I have an icebreaker for every first-time guest. And since this is your first time on the podcast, it's easy. It's nothing too hard, but I didn't want you to prepare for it because I want kind of your raw reaction. So the icebreaker is, if you had to pick three songs that represented, like, overall where you feel like you are in life right now, the kind of the soundtrack of your life, three songs, what would it be? It could be old, new, whatever. Seriously? Okay, three songs for my life right now. Um, why would you do that? <laughs> Three songs for my life at this yeah. moment. What's your favorite song right now? What's something that stays on your playlist? Make my scalp it. <laughs> um, favorite song right now. I I listen to the same songs over and over, literally. Um, if I had to pick three, 
I guess number one would probably be we can go with Rihanna work. Okay. We can, we, we can go with Rihanna work. You do work a lot, so that makes sense. I work a lot. <laughs> I work a whole heck of a lot. Um, let's go with is it summertime magic, Childish Gambino? Okay. All right, I feel that one. You know, that that's it's a little vibe, it's a little jam. <laughs> um the third one though. What's the third one? Okay, so I guess if I'm in a mood, like if I'm stressing myself out too much, it's legit her, I'm not okay. Ooh. Okay, that's a great one. Mm. I can that, that mm. there you go. I feel that one. I feel mm. that one. That's a I think I was like, what do I vibe to in my mood? So <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So now that we got through that icebreaker, it's time to get into it. So the first question that I have for you before we get into anything else, who mm-hmm. is Sahara? Who is Sahara? So Sahara is a trans woman of color who has, it's been, shoot, how long has it been? It'll be seven years in October. Wow. Seven years. Wow. That's, that's. I bet you have a lot. Yeah, that that is seven years. That's so we'll 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 talk about it. Like what? Um, I got some stories. Yeah, I mean let's 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 get into it. So like first, um, when you made the decision to to transition, like walk us through kind of your mindset, how you, like because there's a lot of like misconceptions, and I think also it's part of what I want to talk about here is how um the transition isn't based just off sex a lot of people have the misconception that it's just about sexual and it's not necessarily that so i want to kind right. of dig in your mind and and break down what, what you your personal story in that process right right so for me personally like it wasn't always a thing you know because like in high school they'd be like for some reason in high school i guess when you're very feminine they're just like oh such and such is going to come to our class reunion as a woman, like what? That's <laughs> not. No, of course not. That's not it. But class union is probably like next year or so. Um. So basically, like once, like I would go out with friends and stuff, and then just naturally, like I just kind of like shifted. Like I would dress up to go out, or my wardrobe was thought to consist of more women's clothing than anything else. You know. So I haven't always been like masculine. I was never super masculine, you know. I didn't really didn't like sports, even though that's not really a characteristic of being trans. I just, I just gravitated more towards the stereotypical girly stuff. Okay. So, like, it just kind of happened, and I messaged one of the girls from back home who was who had already transitioned, and she looked like she just gave me who she talked to, where she went, what she did, blah, blah, blah. And it just, like, started from there, October 2012. And now we're here. Like, it's just, it just happened naturally. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do it for this reason or I'm going to do it for that reason. It just was like, this is what's happening. This is what's shifting. And it's, like, a permanent thing. Did having uh, your friend who kind of already went through the the process, did that, having that support there and that, person you can go to for knowledge really help your trans do you think that made it easier it did because okay. i was so lost like it's it's a lot like a lot of people think you can just wake up one morning and be like oh i'm trans but i mean you can but to actually physically transition it's a lot like you have to see a uh, psychologist you have to have letters of recommendations and all that other stuff for like 
just to even start hormones. So it's like, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. And see, that's it, that, and that's something it, that like I didn't know. Like until you just said that, I didn't know that you that that was like a requirement before you transition. So what was that process like? What was it like going to see a psychologist and talking through it before you actually got to start it? So luckily, okay. So the more difficult process, they want you. Some places require you talk to a psychologist for like a year, okay. sometimes longer, and they leave it up to their discretion of when to write you your referral. I luckily found someone who was like 45 minutes away and all it took was one, one, one hour session. And he was like, here's your referral. Okay. So he didn't, um, his name was Andy Metzner. I had seen him before on national geographic. He was, um, actually on one of the episodes about being transgender there um, so his whole thing is he doesn't want you to jump through hoops. Like if he feels like you're ready mentally, then he writes you your referral at the end of there. Okay. The, um, was it more straining on you and I'm struggling how I want to word this. Was it more straining on you mentally than physically, like through the actual transition process? Yes. Yes. It's a lot. Okay. It, it's mentally just because you're dealing with, once you take, once you start taking your hormones, it legit like rewires everything, like your chemical balance, your hormone balance, like it's dropping testosterone up in your estrogen. And sometimes it gets off, like, like how, um, a cisgender woman gets moody or emotional, like when she's pregnant or when she's like, you know, menstruating because her hormones are off balance. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing for us. Okay. So like mentally we're, it's a lot of mood swings. God, a lot of mood swings. (laughs) Like it's, what's the word? Hot flashes. Okay. Okay. So mentally you're dealing with what you're going through, the outside world, like your surroundings. And it's a lot mentally unless once you get past it, like once you get past that hurdle and you're like, okay, I can deal with this. It's, it's a walk in the park. Okay. What, um, so like you saying, like going through mood swings and hot flashes kind of transitions to what I want to say, what I want to talk about next, like your family, like, I'm sure that your mood swings and stuff affected the people around you as much as it did you. So like, what, what do you, how do you like see, view, like how that process was for them? Were they supportive? Was it shocking to them at first? Like, how was your interaction and in, in your family's response to you wanting to transition? It was. I think they didn't They didn't see it coming. Okay. You know, I did it to myself for a very long time. Um, I mean, there were a few hiccups here and there, you know, like as far as just them adjusting, like getting used to. Um, like I changed my name. It, you know, it was a few hiccups getting used to it. Mm-hmm. Using the right pronouns, you know, so... It was definitely an adjustment. Like they they handled my mood swings well though. Like even now, they're just like, "Did you take your hormones today? Like, have you been taking your? I don't like your attitude." And I'm just like, "Okay." So like now, but in the beginning, it was you know hiccups and a little bumps in the road and stuff. But now everything's like, it just comes automatically. Like that's my daughter. That's my sister. That's my niece. That's my granddaughter. You know, it's normal. And, that, and that, I guess, well, that has to make you feel like good and closer to you. Did that? Do you feel like that brought you guys closer to go through that that process together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like if if they were not as open and supportive, it would have been a lot harder because, like, 
pre-transition family is like super close. So if it was the complete opposite after starting, I feel like it would have took a more of an emotional toll on my on myself because you know we're super close. <laughs> That's good. That is the vibe that I get, like just from like following you and everything that your fam- you and your family are super. They're super protective over you, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I I even now like I'm 27, and even if I like go out somewhere that they're like cut your location on, and I'm like okay, all right, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into some of that stuff too, and I, I can understand some of the reasons for that. But uh, to to kind of get back on like the transition process to uh, kind of add understanding for people who don't have it. Like what, what misconceptions do you think like the general public ha- has about the transition process? I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> oh much. Like I said, like a lot of people feel like you just like wake up, throw on a wig and some women's clothes and be like, Oh look, I'm transgender and mm-hmm. I want to be treated this way. And it's really more to it than that. Like, as far as where do I even start? Okay, let's say let's say cisgender women who are on the offensive about trans women, they feel like we want to replace them. Okay. Um, they feel like we are somehow taking their spot or taking their men, you know. So, and I'm just like, dude, I come from a black woman. There are black women in my family, like. Why would I, I can't, I can't replace who or what has given me life. You know, mm-hmm. like we know we as trans women know we cannot bear children and we need cisgender women to actually carry children. And so it's like, there's a big misconception. Like a lot of women I've heard, they say, Oh, you want what I got, or you want to be this, or you, and I'm just like, honestly, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. you have it. Like, you can keep the cycle. You can keep the childbearing. Like, you know, it's, we offer two different life experiences. Mm-hmm. So if a if you feel threatened because a man that you're interested in is also interested in trans women, that's a personal thing, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make them any less of a person. Well, how, do you, how do you feel about, about that? Like men who are judged for, for being into trans women and, and cisgendered women? Like, because that's like the other end of the spectrum that... that isn't really it it affects you i guess in a sense but it's more so judging the man who's interested in, in trans women what do you mm-hmm. what do you think about that it's bad it's all yeah. bad like people like what they like 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 i said we offer two different life experiences so if a man is interested in cis women and trans women it doesn't make him any less of a man you know mm-hmm. because he sees what he likes he hears what he likes it's everything that he likes, just different walk of life, you know? Yeah. So I, I personally don't like it. I don't. So, and it just, it bothers me. It, it does. It have you, have you ever had this, have you ever defended and like kind of have defended a, somebody you've seen being judged in a situation like that? Yes. Um, before I kind of like protected my peace and mm-hmm. my mental, state. like, you know, stuff gets, you scroll through social media, you like see stuff all the time. And it's like, it's, it's, it's cis men and women. Like they both are like, Oh, if he likes men, he's gay. He's a bag. He's this, he's that. And it's like, I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? I'm like, gay, gay is two men. Literally gay is a man that looks like you liking a man of the same, you know, the same look, same stature, 
And I'm just like, I just can't. It it irritates me. So now I just scroll past those conversations because it's mm. pointless. It falls on deaf ears. And it's like the it's like people change the definition of homosexual every day. Oh yeah. It, to to fit to fit their bias at that time. That's, yeah. yeah, that's that's what it's becoming. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's and it comes from cis men, cis women who are also like gay and lesbian. So w- it's w- Wow. Really? It's attacks from all sides. Okay. And so, like, what um have have you ever been in a situation to where, like, before someone knew that you were transgender, that they treated you one way, and then the moment they found out, it completely flipped the script? A few times in my day. A few times in your day. You know, a few times in my day. Like, like the whole dating scene, like, I've had guys like, oh, let's go out, let's do this, or we can do that, da, da, da. like, let's date, let's do that. And then I'm like, all right, cool, but you know, let's just get this out the way now. You know, I'm trans, blah, blah, blah. It's not cool. I get it. And you know, some people are like, okay, like I don't care. That's not what I asked you. I said, are we going out? Yeah. And then on the other hand, some people are just like, that's not my thing. We just stopped talking. And then you have people who wanted to date you and go out and do all this other stuff, turn around, and they just get like hypersexual, like supersexual. They just. Yeah. It's gross. Like people be gross. Yeah, and that that's one of the topics yeah. we have later later on, yeah. fetishizing. So we'll we'll definitely get into that. We're not skipping that topic at all. We'll dive deep into that <laughs> one. Um <No. laughs> But uh oh, I had a question for you and it just completely slipped my mind. Um, what do you how does it make you feel when someone more so judges you or looks at you as trans rather than just a person like you, you and, I, and I've said this kind of in different situations before. I think as people, sometimes we, we get so focused on the label that we put on people that mm-hmm. we forget to just that there's a human in front of us, regardless of anything else. Mm-hmm. There's a human in front of us and we should still have that amount of decency. But that's forgotten a lot, especially with the LBGTQ community um, from cisgender people. They just f- throw that out the window. It's like you don't even become mm-hmm. human at that point. You become whatever title they they want to try to attach to you. So what do you think about that? It's uh, it's definitely challenging. Like it because there's it's like on one hand you have cis you have cis people looking at you like what you're doing, like you're weird, you're freak, or like some type of you made a mistake somewhere along mm. the road and that's why you are the way you are. And then on the other hand, it's like you have to choose between the LGBT and being black. Yeah. Again, there's attacks from all, it, it's like on the totem pole, it's like, I honestly personally feel like trans people are at the bottom okay. because people don't see you as an actual person. And then more so there's more sword. Uh, indifference coming okay. from the black community too because it's like they're okay like they'll support you as long as you are heterosexual and cisgender as soon as you are lgbt it's like you don't have some of the black community's support you know yeah so it's a it's a struggle it, it's definitely a struggle being trans trying to navigate the world and you have cisgender people coming at you your own black community coming at you your own LGBT community coming at you because it's just a lot. It, yeah. It's a lot, literally. How do how do you deal with that? Like that pressure and that weight? Do you kind of do you kind of retreat back from like like the like the community itself and kind of just live your life rather than try to engage? Like what what is it that? You, how do you cope with that? I guess is the question that I'm asking. Yeah, I basically I basically just I basically just stay to myself. Like I used to be very vocal and very outspoken on like all things black like you know what i'm saying like like i said i come from a black woman so 
I would speak for women's, Black women's rights and, you know, issues Black women face more than anything. And then it's like, there was a, there was a shift mentally because I'm like these same Black women, I'm not all of them, but a majority, they don't ride for the trans community. Or if it was up to me, if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't have their support. So, you know, mentally, I kind of just like fell back from that. And I just stick to myself. Like, I don't, like, I honestly have the same friends from, like, school. And I picked up a few along the way. But I don't put myself in situations to, like, let people close. Mm -hmm. Just just based off of that, like, whole, I don't know what you're really thinking. You know, in my face one day. But at the same time, like, real life scenario, be behind my back, you know, like, oh, you know, she's trans or, you know, she was born a man to people in general. Yeah. So I just not, I don't put myself in those situations and I just mind my business. You kind of have to isolate yourself just to protect your peace. Yeah. Basically like to put myself first, I have to like not interact with people. It's weird. It shouldn't be that way, but it's. Yeah. That, that, so, and you have your core group of friends and I'm guessing, I'm guessing because you have to kind of isolate that deepens your relationship with them kind of yeah. like your your yeah. core group but like so what what do you and you moved recently like in the last couple of years so like when it comes time to to interact with new people and like try to build new friendships and stuff what what do you do do you just kind of just let it come as it comes or basically yeah basically I, like i've been up here for two years and i only know the people i work with my family and the few people like i've dated whatever a little bit and and that's it. Like I haven't really made close connections with anyone just off just based off of that. Like I just don't have the time to go into it. And I'm I'm just very protective with my business too. Mm-hmm. And so I have this thing like I feel like to be really good friends, you have to like have that have some sort of vulnerability. Okay. And I can't I, I just can't bring myself to be vulnerable with with people like these days. And one of the topics that we'll get, I, I guess we can go ahead and, and get into it. So the next set of topics that we have are based kind of around uh, assault on the trans community, politics, uh, socialism in, in the trans community. So you said you, you kind of have to protect yourself and your peace. You have to guard yourself. So just in, and I put 2019, that's, that's, I made a mistake on that. So uh, in 2018, there were 26 trans women killed. So far in 2019, there have been 11. That's not a, a counting assaults or anything else just just strictly deaths so mm-hmm. do you a of course I'm, I'm sure hearing those numbers like does that make you afraid to kind of go out and just enjoy the world because of things like that and have you ever ran into a situation not necessarily that you were assaulted but that you were worried about your safety just living your normal life um yeah it does kind of put you it does make you kind of like be more aware of your surroundings mm-hmm. um because those numbers really they can try to get as close to it as they want, but a lot of trans, a lot of trans women who are killed are misgendered. Okay. So that's why the numbers are always off. Like they're like we know they're higher. Yeah, of course. Since they don't list them as trans and they list them as their, you know, the gender they were given at birth, it's inaccurate. Um, though so it does kind of make you pay attention to your surroundings a little bit more. Like, if I go out with friends and stuff, I know where all the exits are at. And it's just, it just comes from habit. Like, I like I think I have a little bit of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I go out, like, you know, like, I'm cool, but I'm very, like, aware of 
people around me, like what I'm doing. I don't drink too much when I'm out. Just off of that, like it's it's real out here. And a lot of people have the misconception like, oh, she tricked him or, you know, if you guys are honest, this wouldn't happen. And honestly, you can just, you can go walk down the street and someone be like, oh, you know, that's a man or, you know, she's trans. And if there was a guy looking and he's embarrassed, he's going to prove his masculinity by assaulting, you know, he assault and it's happened. So we necessarily don't have to do anything or, you know, in some cases they're in a relationship and they don't want it to get out. Yeah. And so, the, you know, to protect them and their, you know, their masculinity, they assault and then, you know, they murder in worst case scenario. Yeah. And it, and it, uh... And it, you start seeing it like on the news more and more and more. And um, also what you kind of what you said too, like, like it's, that number is just killed. And like you said, they could be misgendered, but also a lot of the trans community doesn't come forward when they're assaulted or accosted at all, because just a, a fear of it happening again or being labeled or whatever, they kind of keep it to themselves. Mm-hmm. And so th- do you, do you feel like as a community that of course, I, I mean, I don't even know why I wrote the question. Of course, we're not doing enough to protect the, the trans community. What do you feel right. we can do to help help the trans community feel more safe and to protect people? Like, that, that's, that's again, like, humans. We should be protecting each other, but go ahead. Right. right. No, I get it. Like, so, like, in the cases of the, you know, murders and assaults being, you know, reported with wrong information, I feel like the first step is like I said, like from the beginning, the the hurdles you have to go through, because some states don't even allow you to change like your sex on your license or your birth certificate until you have the bottom surgery. So Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of times it's, it's the policies put in place. So if we as a whole were able to, you know, get that important information changed, even if it's just a license change from, and I speak only from, a male to female perspective because you know that's my life but even for female to male trans people like that's where it all starts it starts with the policies it starts with the hurdles that we have to jump through and then it just trickles down from there so like if we can if we can get rid of all that i feel like it would open people's mind more to being more aware of what we go through as a whole okay you know like we're just existing like we're, we're just existing along with everyone else but we just we don't have those same protections so like when people think of gay rights or lgbt rights really we're not included because we have our own whole set of other shit to deal with yeah and i feel like the t shouldn't even really be there because it's not an orientation but that's no, a whole different no i mean let's let's get into it no i, I mean because i mean it's all about education here so when you say that you don't feel like t should be including that because i think that's important not, not a lot of people say that or really think about that so why why do you feel that way like because how you identify like there are trans women who like men there are trans women who like women there's mm-hmm. trans women who like men women trans women trans men like they're pansexual so like their identity is trans, but their you know maybe gay, straight, yeah. pansexual, whatever. And so you know, like I said, we're not covered in those same protections that they have. So it's a it's a whole separate the whole separate ground to cover. Okay. And like I said, we get resistance from everyone in that spectrum. So. We just have to like try to stick it out and fight together or something. I don't know. No, I, no, I understand that, and and you know that that 
basically transitions right into the next question. So, like, with celebrities like Laverne Cox um, being really at the forefront, I would think, of speaking out about trans issues and trans rights and putting faces to everything, um, how, do, how do you do you feel like more people need to step up? Do you feel like it's fear, kind of like what you talked about, that, that keep more people from speaking out? Like, what does putting a face to it, I guess, and someone who's so prominent, what, what does that mean to you as being part of that community? It's it's definitely good as far as representation goes because you you literally see yourself, mm-hmm. you know. So like Laverne Cox, Janet Mock, um, like there's a lot of trans women who are out there. But again, it's like it's up to the media and what they're posting, you know, to actually put it out. Like they can post all they want to on their social media, but like for major networks that reach a broader spectrum of people, they're just like, oh, it's just another black trans person you know yeah. because first they're black and then they're a trans woman of color so it's like uh it's almost the same thing with colorism it, it's it's colorism too because if you are a blonde hair blue eyed trans woman you know it, it's okay it's acceptable but if you're a trans woman of color you don't get that that widespread of uh, as much media attention so like it definitely it's definitely a good thing. Like, I have Janet Mock's books over here, actually. Her okay. memoir, though. It, it's definitely a representation thing. And as far as people not stepping up, oh, I think we're all a little guilty. Okay. I think we're all a little guilty. Because yeah. I do the same thing. And, yeah, I do the same thing. And it's not because I don't want to. I just... And I'm not living a stealth life, which, by the way, means existing in the world and no one knows your trans. Okay. Um, I just... Don't talk about it until stuff like this pops up. Like, if someone's like, hey, let's talk about it. And I'm like, okay, cool. But other than that, I'm just navigating the world as what people think is a cis woman. And I kind of have, like, a passing privilege. I, I acknowledge that. Do you, do you, does that ever kind of make you feel guilty? Kind of. Kind of. Like, some of the things, like, like, there's a slight passing privilege there um, where, like, you go out, you don't get... You know, people aren't like, oh, she's trans, you know, a whole lot versus like if you have a girlfriend who just started or who has like a different structure than you do mm. and, you know, people are like whispering or looking and pointing. It kind of like it kind of makes you anxious, makes you nervous. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I, I I feel bad. I, I do feel bad sometimes because a lot of a lot of people just want to exist and navigate how they see themselves in their head. But in reality, you know, physically, it's not portrayed that way. So I kind of, you know, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I'm going to slide out over here. <laughs> what, what do you think of, like, um, Pose on, on FX? It's really blowing up. It's kind of putting more of a face to the trans community for some people. Um, what do you think? Do you think there needs to be more shows that paint, paint a light on, on that community and that life? Or do you, like, what, what do you make of that? Do you think it's kind of like, is it fantasizing it to a certain degree with not really like, what do, what do you think? I, I, I'm struggling how I want to phrase the question, but what do you think about, about pose and, and stuff specifically? Uh, pose is a great show. Pose is a great, and it is an accurate representation of navigating the world as a trans woman of color, like down to the relationships, down to the discrimination as far as finding work, and having to, you know, sex work. Um, 
just to survive, like the whole ballroom scene, it, it's it's like a hundred and ten percent accurate. Mm-hmm. And if anyone was like clueless about you know that whole the whole world, like I would just tell them like just watch Pose. Like they literally cover every aspect. Like I can relate to every aspect in that show to AT. Like that show makes me emotional. Like when I watched the first season, like I was like I should not be feeling like this, but it's literally like. It's like you're watching your life on TV because it's it's being represented like the same exact way that it's happened. Do you think that um, like the members of the community that do turn to the sex work, is it because it's hard to find work anywhere else? Like what what turns people and gets people in that in that part of the lifestyle? Uh, It's one aspect is the fast money. Okay. I'll say that because, you know, I have people, I know people who, you know, do it. It's, I mean, it's their life. That's how they survive. That's how they eat. So it's like the fast money. Like, they're like, you know, I can't work 40 hours a week and wait for, you know, my money every two weeks. Like, I need this now. Um, so it's that. It's the discrimination because, you know, being in places where you can't change your, your gender and your sex on your document. So, like, if you're presenting as if you're presenting as female, but your paperwork says otherwise, mm-hmm. then, you know, some places can not hire you based off of that. Um, Surgery-wise, they they save up money faster for surgeries, like bottom surgery, breast augmentation, feminization surgery for your face. Like, it, it, there's a lot of aspects that goes into it, and it's just... It's not the same for everyone. Like, everyone has a different motive behind it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, we're going to take a brief break and we're going to come back and we're going to get into the conversation about love hey guys it's your girl back easy hi everybody it's your girl joanne hey guys it's trell and this is the the team and we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from abcs of sex to finding your passion catch us every other tuesday on spreaker apple Podcasts, google play iHeartRadio, spotify and youtube because we lit. Take that, take that. <laughs> All right. So then we're we're back and the next uh kind of topic overarching topic that we're gonna be talking about is love. So uh the first question that I have for you based on this topic is does the fetishizing of tr- of the trans community make it hard to find genuine love? Yes, a hundred and ten thousand percent. Um a lot of from what I have experienced, I've used many editing apps and there's always like the same outcome like like I said earlier like guys would be okay until you tell them you're trans and then it's like they automatically go into freak mode they're like mm-hmm. well, do this do you do that I want this done I've been thinking about this I've been watching this I've been looking at this and I'm like damn you just wanted to take me out to eat like what's what changed like what's going on so the fetishizing really really makes it hard because a lot of people have been exposed more to transsexual porn Mm -hmm. than actual transgender people. You know, like I've heard a lot of people like, Oh, you're the first trans person I've ever talked to. Like I didn't know what to expect. And that's because a lot of people have preset, they have preset conditions that like Jerry Springer, porn, Maury, a lot of that. And then they come across someone like me and they're like, like, well, I wasn't expecting that. So, like, when I flip out, they're like, why are you so mad? Don't y'all all? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Block. Block. <laughs> and, that, and, that's, and that's crazy that it will go from, like, 
genuine interest until now it's just about oh we can we can knock this off the check mark we can do this we can do that like and that's basically all it is you're just like an experience like they just want you to do some shit that they got on their bucket list Mm -hmm. so as, as you as you you've gotten older and and being trans like have you been able to weed that out more? Was it hard to kind of weed out at first or can, have you already always had your head about it to where it's like you can identify that early on? No, in the beginning it was harder. Like in the beginning, like you feel like being trans is going to be like super hard. So you kind of just gravitate to whatever kind of attention that you're getting. So like if someone's talking to you and they're like, you know, let's do this, let's do that. And let's say they're they're on the down low, they're DL, whatever. You're gonna go for it, you know, because you just wanna you just wanna feel like someone actually wants you, yeah. so you don't feel alone. Um, but now seven years later, I ain't dealing with none of that shit. Like <laughs> now, I'm like, no, like I, I'm not with that. Like I've never really dealt long term with someone who is who wanted like that level of discretion. Okay, you know, so it, it's. Over time, it's gotten easier to weed it out because mentally, I'm just like, I'm not dealing with that shit. Like, I've been exposed to, and I don't, I try not to glorify regular relationship stuff. Okay. But being trans, you're like, what are you talking? Like, I go out with this dude. Like, we go out, we do this, we do that. Like, you know, like, I'm not being hidden. Like, relationships private, but relationships are a secret. Okay. Basically. Okay. okay. Like, like there's a distinct line between privacy and secrecy. And I privacy, like, how... How important do you feel like it is to make a relationship work to keep certain things private? Like you said, not be a secret, but to be private. Uh, I feel like that's a big aspect of all relationships. Like not even as a trans woman. Like I feel like that's with everything. Like everything's not everybody's business. So, so like if, like, let's say if person I'm with knows I'm trans, everyone else doesn't need to know if they don't know. But, like, you don't need to be like, oh, here's my girlfriend, she's trans, or my trans girlfriend. Like, don't do that. We, yeah. don't, we don't have to do that. That's that's a no. Like, that's weird to me for some reason. But, you know, like, if they have questions or if they ask, like, is she trans, you know, that's different. Like, I don't want you to lie, you know. You can answer how you want to answer it. But to just, I just feel like, you know, some stuff remains private okay. until, until you face it. Like, until you face a certain situation. Fair enough. Um, I like, I like, that's a good answer. Um, do you think that long-term you, you're in a relationship, you're serious, you get married, X, Y, Z, do you find it, is it easier for you to date someone who's already kind of familiar with, um, like trans women or, or would, would you be against dating someone who is completely ignorant to the world and you kind of have to educate them through it as well? Uh, honestly, to me, it doesn't matter. Okay. I've, um, Okay, so interesting fact. Um, I was married before. Okay. Um, I was 23. And he, I can't remember. I think he said he'd been with like, he dated like one other trans woman, I think. But that was it. Like, stuff like that doesn't really bother me. So, like, we were married. I mean, he has kids and stuff. We, you know, it was just a normal thing. But after him, you know, I've dated people where, I kind of had to get someone comfortable with me, you know? It's like they were comfortable to a certain point, but that whole trans experience, they had never experienced it before. So, like, I had to just kind of, you know, teach them some things, like, don't say this, don't say that, don't do this, you know, don't joke about this type of thing. Okay. So, me personally, I don't have a preference. 
That's fair enough. Or right, um, when you when you've had to kind of educate people on what's okay to joke with, what's not okay, have they been really receptive to it? Was there a little pushback at first? Like, what 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 does that look like? <laughs> uh, it's a process. Yeah, it's a process. Like just just kind of like dealing with someone new is just like you have to learn. You have to learn them. You have to learn the way to think, the way they move. Like. It's interesting, to say the least, because like, you know, some people just don't know. They're accustomed to what they're accustomed to for so long. And then they meet someone who's out of their element, but they vibe and they connect with. So that doesn't matter to them. And they're willing to like learn. So like, okay. no, no horror stories there. It's, okay. it's, it's all good. It's all good. Oh, fair enough. I have I have one. Uh, hopefully there's no horror stories here. But uh, one of the questions I have written on here is, uh, has there ever been a situation in which someone was really into you, but their fear of being judged for their attraction to you causes a strain in your relationship? Yes. Yes. A few times. Um, I have vibed with a person connected like mentally, emotionally. And like we were to a point where it was almost as if we were together, but we weren't Mm -hmm. just because they weren't ready to take that next step. And it was, you know, they didn't know how their family would take it. They didn't know how their friends would react. Um, And so it's like, I kind of had to remove myself from the situation. Cause I'm like, if you can't give me 110% when I'm giving you 110%, it's it's just not going to work. Like, like you're just letting all that bull crap get in the way of what could be great. Yeah. What was going great. And, and that was literally the only bad thing. Like he just didn't know how the people around him would take it. Yeah. I, I, and that's the thing too. It's like, just, I guess until you're in that situation, you can never really understand what's that, what that's like for someone in, in those mm-hmm. shoes. But like, when you because you were married before so like when you met their family and everything was that like at what point is it they're just meeting you and then is there a separate conversation later where it's like oh by the way she's a trans woman like what what is that like um so he told his mom like he told like after we had you know after we had been chatting for a little while he told his mom because they're like super close so he told his mom his mom just like if you're happy she's good for you i don't care um, everyone else didn't know. Okay. He did not know. So like I met his dad, his stepmom, aunts, cousins, and to this day I think they don't know. <laughs> oh wow. So the, I, I guess that's part of that passing privilege you mentioned earlier too. Yeah, yeah. And seeing where I am now versus where I was like, let's see, I'll be twenty eight this year. So seeing where I was at like twenty three, twenty four, I'm me personally, because I look at myself all the time, I'm just like how the hell did they not get it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. like, when you're transitioning, it's, it's, you're always transitioning. Like, it's always, you, there's always something. So, like, looking back, I'm just like, damn, like, they still don't know? Okay. And, I, <laughs> and you, you mentioned something that I kind of want to mention. You said, like, transitioning is a, it's a lifelong process. Is that what you just said? There's always Maybe. going on? So, like, Maybe when because of that because it's a, a lifelong thing and it's like so is it is it is it kind of miswording to call it then transitioning if you're always tra- in the state of transitioning then is it just your state of being or like it's like okay so like hormone wise okay so on a chemical level you are always 
transitioning because like i said like in a cis women levels are up and down yeah. stuff's always changing they go through menopause they get more testosterone they need more estrogen like same process like if our t levels go up then they increase our testosterone blockers up our estrogen if estrogen is too high they have to bring this down because too much estrogen in anybody turns into testosterone okay so on a chemical level we're always always on hormones now after you have your bottom surgery you don't have to take your testosterone blockers because all that's you know all that's gone you just have to take a low dosage of the estrogen um on a physical level it just depends it's it's a case by case because some people will look at themselves all the time and be like i'm not where i want to be i'm gonna go get this done i'm mm-hmm. gonna get this done, get that done so it's like you're always in a state of transitioning on some level physically it stops at a point for some people but chemically for all of us it's a lifelong thing okay makes sense i just wanted to kind of piggyback off that because no. you that, that yeah. you said that it, it caught my ear um are are you are you happy? Is Sahara happy with where she is right now? hundred and twenty percent happy. Like I've come to like I mean I have my good days and my I mean I have some of my bad days, but you know it just comes with the territory. Like we all get dysphoric at some time, so <sighs> we just gotta fuck that shit up and go. <laughs> <laughs> what what is and this is this has nothing to do with transition. This is just about you as a person in general. What's the best thing about Sahara? Day-to-day the, life. What what makes Sahara's life just amazing? Thing? Yes. Sahara does. <laughs> no, like, I'm just, I don't know. Like, my personality is, like, how I am now, this is how I am all the time. Like, I'm like this with people I know. I'm like this with strangers. Like, I talk to the people I do talk to. I talk to them like I know them. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm like this all the time. Like, I see people at work. I'm like, what's up? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know? <laughs> So I just, it's just me. It's just in my purse. I'm not like a mean person or, I've seen you, know, you go off on a few people though. I've seen. <laughs> I'm not a mean person. <laughs> you know, I don't walk around like I got the weight of the world on my shoulders. Yeah. I just, I literally just take it day by day. Like I'm just, I wake up, it's a new day. I'm happy. Good. Just, yeah. And that, that light shines through. It do, It definitely does. And I think that regardless of anything else that you're going through, never, never let your light dim because it's, it's, it's radiant. So don't let that dim. Um, last question, last thing. And then if you want to say anything else or talk about anything else that I haven't mentioned, we can, but last question for me, what's one thing that you think cisgender people walking away from this conversation, going into the world, taking it with a hopefully a new perspective. What's the one thing that you want them to 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 kind of look at look at the trans community differently after this uh if i had to pick one thing like i would just hope everyone would be i hope everyone walks away like just a little bit more understanding you know like because like i said there's so many misconceptions so many like negative images that in some cases that's all people know Mm. so I just hope that, you know, people are just more understanding, like just be more open to not saying you have to like, you know, full fledged communicate with everyone trans, you know, like be in their life and all that, but just be more, I don't want to use the word tolerant, but tolerant, you know, like just exist, like just, just coexist with everyone. And like I said, we, we're all here. We're all working towards the same crap, just two different lanes. And I think, yeah, and we're all imperfect people trying to figure it the fuck out. 
That's really all it boils down to. It's, Basically, it's, like you can you can put whatever label on a person, whatever title on a person, but at the end of the day, we're all imperfect humans trying to fit, trying to navigate this thing towards life and avoid Trump. That's really all we're all it, doing. That's all it is. <laughs> like we're all on the road to success. Like I'm trying to make some money, you trying to make some money. I'm trying to find a husband, y'all trying to find husbands, wives. You know, it's, we're all just living in life. <laughs> exactly well that's it for me do you have anything else before we go i don't think so i think we actually covered a lot we we covered we covered a lot Um, so i i already know because i know my listeners i have the best listeners in podcasting there are going to be probably a lot of questions to come out of this to reinforce maybe something they heard maybe something to learn maybe just questions that popped up in their head would you come back for that of course all right like i'm always like if there are specific questions or questions see that southern twang like, <laughs> it comes and goes like it's funny because it it comes when you say certain words i'm like oh that's but go ahead i'm sorry i have to think about stuff to say i'd be like questions so like yeah if it's like certain questions and or whatever like i'm, I'm down i'm down to answer whatever to whoever that's what's up what Open t- book. <laughs> tell the people where they can follow you if they want to reach out to you if you feel comfortable giving your social media and everything and then we'll go ahead and go all right cool so my social media is listen just say that i don't know if it's simply or simple i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> but instagram is s-i-m-p-l-e-e period sahara <laughs> <laughs> fair enough some people are like simple Sahara with an extra E, simply Sahara. I'm just like, whatever. Whatever. All right, cool. Well, I want to thank you for coming again. Thank you for taking time out your day. Listeners, we out this bitch. Peace. Mother, there's too many of you to cry. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you die. You know we've got to find a way To bring some loving here today Father, Father We don't need to escalate You see, war is not the answer For only love can conquer hate You know Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see